welcome to the Skies Were Under podcast, hosted by me, Rachel Wright. This podcast is created by and for parents of people with disabilities and the many practitioners who support us. It's just for all of us who are trying to get from one end of the week to the other whilst bridging the gap between the life we expected and the one we're actually living. Right. Put your big girl or big boy pants on, people. This is our last episode of the Skies Ronda podcast for season one. It's me again. I'm Rachel Wright. I'm founder and director of Born at the Right Time, which is passionate about bridging the gap between families who love someone with complex needs and the many practitioners who support us. I've got three boys and my eldest son has profound and multiple learning disabilities as well as complex medical needs. As usual, I'm talking to my wonderful friends, Sarah Clayton and Lucy Parr. Sarah is the CEO of Simple Stuff Works. What Sarah doesn't know about postural care, frankly, isn't worth knowing about. She's also the parent of four and her eldest daughter is a survivor of childhood cancer, which means she's now a beautiful, remarkable 21-year-old young woman with learning disabilities and medical needs. Lucy is the third of our trio She's the sweary vegan who works in special educational needs and is partway through a PhD in educational psychology. She's also the parent of four and her third child is a dynamic young man with a rare chromosome duplication, which means he's autistic and nonverbal and has really traumatic epilepsy. For our last recorded episode of the Skies Ronda podcast season one, we're thinking about how the podcast has changed us. We're checking in with you again and letting you know where we're all at. We all have some really major things coming up in our lives, but rather than me going into it, let's just have a listen. Oh, and there's a trigger warning. Lucy cries. Oh no. I mean, Lucy cries about once every 10 years at best. But there you go. There's your warning. Hello everybody and welcome to the last episode of season one of the Skies We're Under podcast. I'm Rachel Wright and I'm here with my two friends Sarah and Lucy and if I manage to get to the end of this episode without crying, well then my big girl (laughs) pants are even bigger than I thought. Um, Hello lovely ladies, how are you both? All good, thank you. We've done 19 episodes today. How many topics, no cheating, Lucy, looking at your files to see what they were called? Tell me some of the topics we've covered. Trust. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was last week. Well done. Yeah. Epilepsy. Um, epilepsy, yeah. Feeding. Yeah. Um, That's Goldfish bowl. Goldfish bowl. Yeah. Goldfish bowl. Goldfish bowl times two. Times mm-hmm. three, actually. Okay, times three. Um, oh. That's five. Ladies uh, and gentlemen. Diagnosis, like early days. Yeah, early days yeah. diagnosis, yeah. yeah. Um, Food. Oh, we did that. Feeding. Feeding. I yeah. think we've already covered uh, that. I'm sorry. There's so much that we even we cannot remember. <laughs> we've talked about. It's really worth going back to those episodes, ladies and gentlemen, because they were <laughs> profound. I'm sat here thinking, oh God, what did I share? <laughs> what, oh, what have I said? What have I my said? children will be able to listen back to? 
<laughs> so we had diagnoses and a new way of living and it doesn't make sense you know when we reflected on how we have with or without faith try to make our lives mm. fit into mm. what we once yep. thought it was going to be and then what it is and we talked a little bit about our relationships and guilt and some mum guilt and more and self-care and epilepsy and help getting help or not getting help and we decided none of us need help we're all absolutely fine, fine and that's you. why our reflections today will be on burnout everybody <laughs> <laughs> and we did resilience and whose life is it anyway and we did that um attendance awards and pity prizes and then we spent the last couple of weeks talking about trust there will be more seasons hopefully the skies wonder podcast if you know people who want to fund that's what we need but also it would be wonderful if you had any ideas of people you'd like interviewed so there are more voices that we can hear on the skies wonder podcast people in different walks of life would be wonderful so ladies how are you last weather check yesterday morning i receive a letter and the letter says your local authority has agreed funding etc etc for Miss Dadida to attend college in September. We will be in touch with you later in the year. Da, da, da. And it's um, to organise classrooms and support and the, and the content of the course. And I thought that is just brilliant. But Amazing. It's the wrong. Oh, wow. College. Oh, oh no. my days. Like I said, we've descended into farce here. We genuinely have just descended into complete farce. Yeah. So, so I then expect um, like a Benny Hill kind of. Diddle, 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 diddle. You go around I'm the house. Sure Who do I got to contact? Let me get my phone and my email and my and my archived email and go through every single one to say why on earth. So they don't know. They don't know the. They don't know why that's happened. Oh. Okay. Even though they are the ones that made it happen. They don't know why that's happened. Oh. They don't know. That's, that sounds a lot like my um, my now middle son. He was always been my middle son. Actually, no, he was he my will. younger son for a while. Yeah. But my middle son, um, whenever we were sitting on the sofa in our kitchen, and um, there was like a white mark behind it, like a quite a decent size sort of three centimetre um, mark on the wall behind. I was like, Tim, what's what's that by your head? And he looks around, he's like, oh, I don't know. And my son goes, it wasn't toothpaste and it isn't me. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't I don't know. know. I don't know how that happened. I don't know. I don't, I don't, know. Know. I don't know what that is. Nope. I don't know who did it. Nope. I don't I don't know where the toothpaste came from, <laughs> uh, but it definitely was not me. <laughs> it sounds like they had the same problem there. They had a know. toothpaste moment. I don't know. They had yeah. a toothpaste They're moment. They're having their own toothpaste moment. <laughs> I am trying so hard to channel you, Rachel, every single time that I... And you know what? The systems that they're working with are shockingly shite. Mm. And, you know, I get it. And so I have made sure that in all of my emails, I say things like, to be clear, I am not criticising so-and-so because I know that the system that she's working in is ridiculous, but I really do need this sorted. This is... So this afternoon, uh, the updated EHCP, which- Did you wrote, wrote? Which I wrote on Good Wednesday uh, with my four o'clock deadline. And then, and then after I'd spent all the time doing it, apparently I hadn't standardized my fonts, which uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> 
Um, so that has if you're going to do my job, can you do it properly, please, Sarah? <laughs> Bring my reputation down because my fonts. I can put the wrong college on a letter, but I don't want my fonts not being the same. This is it. This is it. So that went yeah. this afternoon. I am assured, and I have been in touch with the college just to double check, that it is with them. And so the is. right college. So we're right just year. waiting. We're just waiting for the letter with the right name in it. But yes. you think it's all? I think hopefully we're going to be good. Hopefully we're going to be good. Okay. Yeah, we're edging so, closer. We go round and round and round in circles. And like do you know those what this massive is? water slides. Yes. You know, those bowl water slides. <laughs> yes. Just go round yeah. and round and, and eventually round. spat out the bottom. <laughs> eventually, I will be spat out the bottom with my swimming costumes so far up my backside. <laughs> but it's and fine because I've got plenty of time to get that out at another date. So we're all good. But this is the irony of it all, isn't it? It's like, way I've got to the end, but you haven't. You've just no. got to the starting blocks. Yes. You have just yeah. got to the starting blocks of your daughter at the age of 21 moving yep. like lots of young adults yeah, do. Totally. And can and yep. going to another place to learn and to build new friendships and to feel out of her depth yeah. and to be away from mommy. And, and so actually it's just starting and it's one Don't of the it's it. it's one of those things isn't it like you fight for these things and you negotiate for these things and then they come around you're like oh, Dan, i don't actually want this <laughs> this is the thing isn't it where exactly that you fight and you fight and you fight and then when you finally get to where you think you want to be you think is this right if i mm, have i yeah. have i yeah. fought so hard and i've just got involved in the fight Mm. Do you know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. But I do. I know that it's the right thing. Deep breath, goddess. I'm all right. I uh, I went for a little ultrasound scan yesterday because uh, they You're lost pregnant. my coil. No, I'm not <laughs> fucking pregnant. No, I'm not fucking pregnant. No, 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 no. This is a no. That's giving me. That's giving me the chills. No, they just lost my coil. Who were they? No my la lady. The, the, I don't know. My lady parts. I refer to them in the third person. They <laughs> lost my coil, and apparently, the so I don't know why. I know. I don't know even why that was found out. I think. Yeah, I, well, why didn't you just like walking down the street and go, no, you could have. Oh, I remember. If it was really lost, if it was like really lost and up behind your elbow, like <laughs> you could be, you could be pregnant. I'm you not fucking pregnant. pregnant. <laughs> not maybe pregnant. that's what, maybe the baby like sucked it back up. There is a baby in there. You're making, making me legitimately nervous. I do not like it. It's anxiety inducing. Oh, we'd be, we, would, we would love it if you were going to no, have a little baby. I would not love it. So let's move on oh. from that very unsubstantial possibility. Okay. I went to the GP about something and they, they said, oh, you haven't checked that your coil's in the right place. And so, you know. That was a lovely experience. So, you know, yeah. have a feel, have a fiddle. Oh, we can't feel it. And I'm like, oh, oh, brilliant. And I always have this thing when I go for like a smear or whatever, that my apparently my cervix is really high and my my womb is back to front. It's called a retro oh, uterus. Oh, yeah, so it yeah. makes it really, it makes it really, it makes tricky. it hard to find. So I always yeah. have to like put my hands, hands underneath my bum and like and... shove my pelvic thrust them in the face. Yeah. And all of that. All of that, whether they want it or not. And she couldn't find it, right? And so I was like, I'm pretty sure I would have noticed if it had fallen out. I was then questioning myself, surely my vagina is not so 
baggy from many children that I would not <laughs> feel it if it fell out. Like surely, and I'd notice because it would have My to drop somewhere, isn't right? That lax, is it? <laughs> And, then, and anyway, so they were like, well, we just have to send you for an ultrasound. And so I waited like three months or something for this ultrasound. And all and that so time went, she's been getting pregnant. <laughs> and all that time there is no weeks. baby growing in there. Weeks, so definitely no baby. Um, and, I, and anyway, I went yesterday and they tell you on the scan, you have to go with a full bladder, you know, yeah. and then they, they crush your bladder and make you pee yourself. And yeah. then it the likelihood is that it, they're not going to be able to tell from that anyway. So the likelihood is they're going to have to shove something up there. To yeah. check. She did the the one on the belly and then she's like, how, how do you feel about an internal? And I was like, are you really asking me how I feel about an, or are you asking, Ooh. do you? Oh, do, do you know what? I was thinking, do you know what? I'd really like this Monday morning. I would hoping. love an internal ultrasound scan. That's what, what I'd like. What a ridiculous question. How do I feel about an internal ultrasound? Anyway, they, so I was like, obviously did the British thing. I went, yes, fine, crack on. Love it. Um, shoved it up there. And then they they did find it and it's all in the right place. And apparently you just can't feel it from the from the inside. So who knew? That was all completely wasteful and pointless. Oh, but, 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 you but need to know, why do you say, not know where your cervix is? Surely you should, do you? If you never, both of you looking at me, I've never touched my cervix. Why would you not know? You can't, I can't reach it. It's too far up there. Yeah, you see, you, yeah. No, I can't. I can't like. <laughs> see, I have the opposite problem. And then her, her cervix is run by her knees. <laughs> Frankly, I don't know. That, that's funny because Frankly, yeah, that, but it's going. That. It's being evicted. Oh, okay. Oh, it's yeah, the door. The that's kids fine. are going. The uterus is going. It's all in September. It's all booked. <laughs> it's in. I've got it sorted. Yeah. Well done. I'll be a wreck uh, between no, September <laughs> and December. It's going to be a nightmare. Get on the HRT. You'll be fine. Oh, I'll, I'll be fine. I'll be great. But I have, dark but it's interesting you say that, Rachel, because I did have that. Like I had my, my, I had a really bad prolapse after Daisy, but no mm. one picked it up until after my fourth child. So that yeah. was very bad. Um, And I had that sling thing. So I don't know whether oh. the, sling, the sling thing means that, it's just too far up uh, there now. And sling I thing? Yeah. You, sling you know, it, thing? it's like a hammock. Yeah. <laughs> Literally like a hammock. A hammock. It's an internal hammock holding all my bits together. Oh. So I don't fall okay. out my vagina. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's quite a common thing to the nurse. We're telling the nurse, Sarah. <laughs> She's looking I just, say, I'm just going to tuck my vagina away. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so everything doesn't fall out. Okay. That's the deal. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So so anyway, it was all fine. But it, then I think it was the hand checking. gestures that I was um, being put off by. <laughs> Pulling your pants up. It's kind of like that. Basically, yeah, tied. Everything's uh, tied to her armpits and it's exactly. all good. Yeah, exactly. It's all fine. So it's all, it's all um, fine. You'll, you'll be very glad to know that everybody who's listened to 19 episodes <laughs> of the podcast is we've managed to uh, last a whole 15 minutes on that introduction <laughs> to the podcast. <laughs> Before we finish um, this first season of the Skies Wonder podcast, it started off as this little idea that we had. Um, I wanted to know, ladies, what have you most enjoyed about getting together week on week? Shall I go first? Yeah, yeah, go. Exactly that. 
I have enjoyed getting together week on week and I have an excuse to do it because I say to everybody around it's me work. I'm working I'm just gonna go work <laughs> uh I got work to do and then I just and I disappear off and things happen like they they eat their tea and they go to football and they do stuff like that and I hide away in here I love it I, I've loved having regular conversations with yeah. both of you just about stuff that um I wouldn't normally talk to people about yeah because normally I'd be doing that I'm fine I'm all right <laughs> talk about any of this it's all good but yeah loved yeah it. yeah I agree I agree with that I I it's like a mini therapy session for me I relate to it so much because I find it really difficult to talk to people who don't get it at all Mm, yeah. you know, when you're trying to explain your life to people and they just kind of and you know I've had some talking therapy over over the years and I just find it really tricky because they you know whatever you say to them I know they're trained and all that shit but like they don't get it like mm, and, and yeah, yeah. talking to you guys yeah. you get it when you throw out a dark humor situation <laughs> you, you guys can relate and it's okay and yeah. you, they're not going to look at you like oh God, there's yeah. something wrong with this woman. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, yeah, totally the same. And I think it's been really nice thinking about how the conversations that we find normal are just not out there. Yeah. Like, I love listening to the Parenting Health podcast with um, Josh Willigan and Rob, Be- Rob Beckett. And I um, think they're hilarious. And I, you know, I just think it's really fun. You know, you hear them saying, oh, there's such a nightmare of this parenting thing or this thing. And I'm like, oh, it's just it's just another it's just world. Another... Yeah, it's yeah. just another world. And yeah. not that those things aren't valid, because I have children who don't have additional needs. And I do know that parenting them can be a right royal pain in the ass as well. But there is a depth to our normal that isn't normalized. Yeah. And it's been really nice. Um being able to um, bounce off the humour of you, Sarah, and the critical kind of thinker of you, Lucy, and just between us eking out some of the that that digging under the skin of stuff that we just don't get to talk about. Yeah. That, that or that isn't um, mainstream. I remember whenever. Um, my son was young I just wanted to get home some days because that was the place where he was normal yeah you know I, it wasn't yeah, yeah. I just wanted to not see all the other kids you know putting yeah. their hands to their mouths and rolling over and looking at you with a big smile when you walked in the room because that all just felt so far from what I was experiencing and and really yeah. sad at times yeah that I just wanted to feel like where I was and where he was and where we were was no, was us being normal like everything in our home accommodated him and that's felt like this little space this little yeah. skies are under podcast has been that little haven of um this other version of normal yep. really nice. i have just just came to me now how much happens to us in the mm. course of a week yeah you know, kind of, there is always... Or not the fact that we're still talking about EHC. <laughs> the fact that we've managed 20 episodes. Still... I still think I want to start, I want to start the best of episode with you saying, I just think it's so much easier now to that song. <laughs> <laughs> what a nightmare. <laughs> 
god oh god i think it's just i just think that once you're out of education it's much easier because our lives are just our own and then like you 20 weeks of intrusive uh, education focused assessment I think I think our lives are less linear I think most of the people a lot of other people's lives are kind of do this kind of almost predictable and not everyone's and there's always random things that happen but generally speaking I think families with typical kids they're kind of their lives are kind of this predictable more predictable linear milestones yeah and you know that because you've got children who don't have additional needs all of us have those kids Mm -hmm. So you, yeah. there is a predictability to it because mm-hmm. it's term time, it's half term, it's this, it's yeah. it's such and such, it's yeah. recorders, it's football, it's you know, and, it, and things plod along. Whereas... And I was like a friggin' Jackson Pollock painting, <laughs> <laughs> isn't it? So, have you found anything helpful? So, what I have found really, really helpful in in our conversations is the change of role that I am experiencing at the moment from one hundred percent full time protector of this monumentally fragile person what I found really helpful in this kind of regular getting together and just airing my dirty laundry <laughs> is that actually I, I do need to change my role and I need mm. to get more comfortable with not full-time protector but part-time facilitator and that she mm. has got she gets one go in the same way as we all get one go mm. and um I, I wouldn't have done something differently I'm not I'm not thinking oh I should have done this earlier the college thing and all that sort of stuff I should have pushed it earlier because I don't think that she would have been ready but I think but lots of what we've talked about has helped me go do you know what we are it's a good time now to shift on mm-hmm. from that really intensive traumatic horrific time mm-hmm. survived it can do it let's now get on and, and get her the life that she deserves so yeah, money are hugely helpful. And I thank you both. Learning from your guys' perspectives, having different perspectives. I'm not, like, I like to think that I am open to listening to everyone's perspectives. Mm. I also realise that sometimes I'm not. <laughs> and I'm kind of <laughs> stuck in my like ways. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> so like learning, learning from everybody else, I think that's been really helpful as well. Um, yeah, for sure. I think part of that for me has been helpful to see how far I've come in certain times mm. and ways, you know, mm. in certain topics, I found it easier. Um, other topics we've covered, I found it much harder to let that vulnerability be exposed or yeah. to really dig into that. And that's been um, really helpful and just and taking the time out to look at the research or look at the the things behind it or you know not just it be what's going on in our heads and our lives but then saying well what else is there out there about yeah. that and that's the stuff that that's what I do in my training that's what I really really am passionate about I'm really passionate about spending time thinking about our lives and our lived experience and connecting that with whether it's sociology or psychology or understanding within leadership in order to give us language to understand why we're experiencing what we're experiencing how we're experiencing it the ways in which that impacts our connections and our relationships with people because it's only when we can explain it and understand it that we can 
then live with it well I think and, and other people can support us better exactly when we're able because to it's, frame it yeah and if we haven't got that language and we haven't got that um confidence that this is not just me going completely yeah. batty inside my own head yeah. and it it helps you know because what we what you can't have is everybody having these experiences you know, because mm. that would yeah. be shocking. So we either isolate ourselves with those experiences or what what I've loved is is the stuff that you've brought to it, Rachel, around um, particularly the um, the trust. Mm. I, keep, I keep coming back to those two lists of what mm. happens in trusting relationships and what happens when there's mistrust. And mm-hmm. I just keep coming back to it in so many different ways. Mm. Um but yeah, you're right. If you don't have the language to express what, how you're feeling, then those feelings that you have are valid and mm-hmm. yep. other people have felt the same. Especially especially when we're in a system which would seek to pathologise and make us a problem. Mm, yeah. Because actually when, when we're yeah. sharing this stuff, that that put, that gives people a context and a framing mm-hmm. and, a, and with all the background research and information and, and the stuff that you're talking about, the, giving us a language mm. to express it and knowing the context, actually then it becomes, oh, this is a shared experience because mm-hmm. collect, collectively we are experiencing some really difficult yeah. stuff that humans aren't meant to experience in a system yeah. which like doesn't work properly and exacerbates everything. But yeah. if you don't know that and it's just you, then you are so vulnerable to be to be kind of, painted as oh you've got depression or yeah. you, you know all that yeah, stuff yeah. We've totally about. and it, it yeah. gives us it gives us a shared voice like it, yeah. it kind of it's so easy to be so consumed by your world and consumed by the things that need to be done that you look around at everyone else's instagram and facebook and twitter and think why is everyone else finding this so much mm. easier how come <laughs> everyone's talking about what an inspiration their child is and how this is, you know, that's made them the person they are today when I just want to stay in bed for a week. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. why am I finding yeah. this so hard? Why, why is, how can I get more help than anybody else? And still yeah. I wake up and want to cry. <laughs> like why? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. then you realize that, um, no, you're not on your own. That gives support to the fact that the system needs changing. Yeah. that it isn't just a one per- it isn't just my voice saying this is too hard this is a collective voice saying not not to point fingers and say this is bad no, but no. to to say we need to be creating nurturing imagining dreaming of a better way to do this and the only where we have to do it is we've got to start with where we're at yep and and learn and grow and start forming a different way of doing things because the way we're doing it at the minute is not serving like we said in previous episodes it's not serving no. the families and it's not serving the practitioners mm-hmm. unfortunately sure. i've discovered that i'm not as funny as i hoped i was <laughs> on the podcast i've realized that sarah is actually very very funny lucy's humor is essentially putting swear words in at opportune like that. moments like that um that is her essence whereas <laughs> i i desperately want to be a comedian oh and i just i don't want to be a comedian and, I, and i'm not can i just use funny. your material what, well, absolutely <laughs> you can you can live my life and share 
what a shit show it usually is. I'll see, um, you'll see me. You may see me on Britain's Got Talent talking about eating a pessary in about four. It's fine. Do it. <laughs> it's fine. Probably each time that I'm trying to make people laugh, and I do try to make people laugh, which is pathetic, really. No, it it's means, good. Well, it means. Please don't, please don't ask me more in-depth <laughs> questions about that because it's terrifying. I've loved crying with laughter with you ladies. <laughs> yeah. I have learned that, I don't know if I've said this already, but I've learned that I'm all right. Yeah. I'm okay. Are. You mean yeah. like you're you're at peace with who you are, or do you think you're well, right? As I in used like, to. I'm an all right person. Or... I'm an all right person, but I'm I'm. Uh, so I used to really rail against that whole grief thing, and that people mm. come to a point of acceptance, and it used to make me so angry because I'd just be like, I will never accept what has happened. I will never mm. stop missing her. I will never da da da. And actually, just through this process, I've realised that that the anger about that has subsided somewhat mm. you know and it and I will always miss her you know mm. and I will always have that kind of ghost of her and where mm. what would have been and could have been um but actually I'm all right yeah. and, and I'll be all right I think yeah. that as well I will be all right until I'm not until possibly next week when the I don't know the the people from a completely different college arrived to pick her up. <laughs> I've had some really lovely messages from people early on in in the, their lived experience of of what this kind of chaos shit show. Yeah, <laughs> this sort of chaos. And what I've realised is how far I've come. Mm, and I can look so back at those. I can look yeah. back at those early days, and I can look back at the at the me that was trying to hold mm. it all together. Um, and I know that loads of the strategies that I've had were have really been, unhealthy. We've established that particularly mm-hmm. healthy. And I've, um, I can I just mention that I've edited out quite a few of the strategies that both Lucy and Sarah suggested <laughs> because they would both be locked up. Yeah, you haven't got a full insight into some of the crackers thing. <laughs> you were saved done. from their advice of going. What you need to do right is. <laughs> But I think that's quite true because if we think about when we did the diagnosis episode, I think that was really helpful because I, that's a completely different me to now. Yeah. And like just knowing that, oh, you know, that the the kind of absolute overwhelm of all those emotions and all the, oh my God, my entire world has caved in and yeah. mm-hmm. I don't know how we're going to get through the absolute rubble, shit show, carnage that is now left of it. Yeah. Um, I don't feel like that anymore at all. No. Like I'm a completely different, like I'm in a completely different place. This podcast journey, if you like, mm-hmm. uh, has highlighted just how, yeah, just how different and how life does go on. Like it, it it's not an end point it's just a part of a crazy journey and, and yeah. it's going to be different forever but and I, you're in I a think, different space yeah and I think that the that's not to say that it's um that there isn't the ups and downs mm-hmm. but I think that the down that original crashing you know um through the looking glass type just falling yeah. you know and and not knowing when you're going to hit the ground that feeling I haven't had for quite a long time and and so when things have gone down they've gone down a bit 
and then the back up you know like kind of it's not as intense as those very so early I, days I feel slightly different to that I feel like I I can be back in the depths of that loss at mm. times but I've climbed up the cliff often mm -hmm. enough that I do it faster yeah I know where the grab holds are I know yeah. who I can who can throw me a rope and so the yeah. ascent doesn't take as long yeah. So I think it's I think it's that I can I can still fall off that cliff, and be as. And I'm. <laughs> mm. I so, it's well, you know summer of twenty twenty two, and my son would be doing his GCSEs. Yeah. 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 And there was no version of him that was ever going to do his GCSEs because he was only ever born like that but you know if he'd been if 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 yeah um he'd been delivered two weeks earlier if he'd been living a week earlier if whatever 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 yeah. them and that you know i've got wonderful nephews who are exactly the same age as him yeah. and there is there has been some serious big girl pants wearing yeah, yeah. you know just yeah. saying good luck in your gcse's with yeah. a massive lump in my throat yeah. um because yeah, I definitely, I can definitely fall down that cliff, mm. but I can get myself back out again, or I can let others help me out. Maybe that's, and and you've put it better than I put it. <laughs> so but, I'm not as funny as you. But you're like wise, <laughs> really wise. Maybe it's to do with the first time you fall down there, you don't know whether you'll ever get back out yeah. again. Yeah. And then the more times that you prove to yourself you can, the, the, I wouldn't say the there's anxiety. less fear. No, yeah, but the anxiety. I wouldn't say there's less fear because I still am frightened to death of, of mm -hmm. relapse and of, of mm -hmm. all of that stuff. But I think that's that's it, isn't it? As is you know that you can get back out again yeah. um, because you have done before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, again, don't want to be cliche or twee. Me 16 years ago, yeah. I'd be really proud of myself right now yeah i think it was impossible and not yeah, because yeah. i'm doing a podcast like that's not you know the it, the things that externally people see like oh you know she does a business or she does this training or th yeah, those yeah. are not the things that at all define what feels strong or capable these are me escaping the real yeah, world. Yeah. yeah they're not the real world <laughs> um but the the learning to be and I'm still learning I'm still awful at it but trying to be more gentle with myself trying to be more kind and I'm I'm failing at the minute in that way I'm totally overwhelmed at the minute and burnt out and know that I need to look after myself again in a different way it's not things are fine because they're fine things are fine because I, I know I can put another foot in front of the other until until I'm stopped someone puts yeah. me in a box I think that that's exactly it. It's just being able to put one foot in front of the other and knowing that you, you know what will what will happen will happen and like not having knowing that you don't really have any control over it, but knowing that mm. you can still carry on through it. Um, I think that's mm. yeah. I I think that's a really good way of putting it. I feel like I'm kind of survival mode at the moment. We're moving house on two days time and everyone goes oh exciting moving house no it's not exciting we, no. we had to move because we had to move and mm -hmm. we're now going to be paying loads yeah. more money for 
like a smaller space um we can't buy you know all that shit yeah um, and then Brecken's got massive brain surgery in like four mm. weeks you know and and so there's all these big things and yeah. you literally have to just go you know what I can't change any of those things no. I'm just gonna put one foot in front of the other and on Thursday we'll be in a new house and on the 4th It'll of July be. Brecken would have had his surgery and we'll just go from there because I can't you know what else can you do you can't yeah it's like it's like a river you know those um river rapid ride yeah. things where you just potter along with a noodle underneath your armpits mm. yeah uh but you just have to lift your feet up yeah you just have to you know you just lift up. your feet up um, let yourself get carried yeah. along rather yeah. than trying to yeah. fight it the more you fight it and it's the yeah. same with it it's the same when they say about um what you should do I live by the sea and they're constantly telling you in the summer all these kind of things about how not to drown yeah because <laughs> obviously it's helpful. very inconvenient if people are drowning on their holidays yeah. um mm-hmm. and it's about just lying there and floating and not Don't fighting energy if you fight yeah. then you you go and use up your energy and, yeah so yeah, yeah. exactly that just letting yourself be carried along by it. my son was about six or seven years old and I was it was the first time I was majorly falling apart I recognized until that point that I probably I very much tried to manage my emotions you know Mm. when I felt sad or lost or upset or you know overwhelmed I would be like but you can be grateful for this and there's this that's good and there's that that's good and I would be doing these pep talks to myself of yeah you know trying to shine the best you know the but a bit of a rose tint on it and sparkling it up a little bit. And I got to the point that I realized that was really unhelpful because I didn't, I need the exactly the same analogy. I needed to ride the waves. The waves were coming and I could let them like completely throw me off course. I could just ride them like, and then, and then, and then I'd have the energy once they'd subsided, I'd have the energy to kind of carry on and do the thing that I needed to do, whatever that was next. But if I was fighting it, I was, it was just wasted energy. Mm-hmm. It was wasted energy. I needed to feel in the mess of the moment and that um, it was okay to say it was hard or sad or broken or whatever. And that didn't stop it from being brilliant and wonderful and beautiful and being grateful. Like those things are still those things. Yeah. But I needed to hold on to the uncomfortable emotions in order to fully feel the really fun good emotions that I loved having mm. um I couldn't I couldn't swamp the the tricky emotions with the good ones I didn't work yeah. I wasn't yeah. going anywhere um yeah. that just kind of meant it was like it was like wrestling them just made them bigger do you know what I mean yeah. it was like pretending they were not there just made them morph into something more monstrous yeah Whereas yeah. holding them lightly and letting them be allowed all the other emotions flourish within them. Mm. And just that, that definitely, again, is not my natural first <laughs> step. And even more so with men, like yeah. dads, like the reason it took my husband to my son being about seven eight years old is because I had regularly fallen apart up until that point every three months I would have cried for a day or two gone to bed for a day or so just my body just being like right tapping out (laughs) done (laughs) I'm done nothing Um, to see here (laughs) exactly (laughs) um because I physically would my 
body would ache and I'd be exhausted and you know the yeah, kids could yeah. be shouting and I just could not move my you know just was yeah. whacked whereas he was the strong man he was the man yeah. that you know kept looked after his missus and looked after the kids and did the things and and it wasn't until we moved into a house that was adapted for my son and we had the hoist and we had the things and we had the everything and the young the, my number two son was at school and it was like oh this is still hard yeah 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 <laughs> oh and that's when it kind of started unraveling for him yeah because we you know as much as women don't men even more so and there's not an end point for any of us is there it's not well the no end point's end... not one that we want no. yeah you know and even I've then been... it's not an end point it's just a different life a different after kind of... Yeah, it? it's holding these tensions of we talk on here about stuff being hard and tough and finding it difficult. And then I recognize I have so many friends who would just love to have one more argument with somebody about their child who would yeah. love to have to lift them into that piece of equipment just one more time, who would love to hear them moan and cry just one more time. And um it doesn't you know that that reality doesn't invalidate stuff being hard mm. um it's really tricky holding that paradox though do you know um and yeah. that's really difficult from a um childhood cancer perspective mm. because you meet so many because because you know you're in very similar situations where generally things have been fine and you've mm -hmm. you know kind of you're, you're going along and you are doing the half terms and the and the PE kits and the this mm -hmm. that, and the other and then and then life suddenly changes and there is a um I felt such a deep sense of shame really in finding things really hard mm. when I knew that just down the road would was you know mm. a friend who didn't have the child with them anymore and would yeah. give their right arm to have hard yeah. um and that's, and again, it comes back to part of this process of everything that we've been through. One person's experience doesn't invalidate another person's experience. No. By admitting that something is difficult, what you're not doing is, is belittling something that somebody no. else has gone through. No. And I think that we can all feel that. We can feel a sense of that, yeah. that we, all of us know yeah. somebody whose child yeah. is worse off, you know, yeah. who has more complicated needs or, mm. or isn't here anymore. And yeah. so we we kind of come back to putting our our experiences oh well it you know it's not um, as bad not as bad um, it's not it's come back to that it's not linear it's yeah. the jackson pollock yeah, yeah. situation right it's not it's just not linear it's not a relative mm. it, it's not a scale that you can put people no. on and it's like and, and yeah it, it's just messy we've all got messy stuff coming up over the next yeah, um, we do. couple of months don't we I was worried that I was depressed the back there a little while ago, as you probably tell the podcast, <laughs> um, just because I just, I was feeling so flat and I've decided I'm not depressed. I think I'm just genuinely burnt out. Everybody outside, I think I still look like I'm, you know, I've done a podcast. I've produced 20 okay. episodes of a podcast and worked my bum off and I've done loads of training to people all around the world. And yeah. You know, to everybody um, who is in my, you know, watching me cry over the dishes at night, it looks like I'm being super productive. And I am. But you know, when you get those just those little moments in between things, those moments in between things, whereas before I might be 
dreaming about something or imagining something or thinking about things, I am just mm. flat. I am yeah. just empty. And I think it's a combination of chronic and acute um, kind of overwhelm. I'm just talking about it. My chest feels tight. Oh, you know, it's just, it's hard, yeah, yeah. isn't it? We got a phone call today saying that my son next week, um, so by the time this comes out, he will have had um, spinal fusion. So he'll have had his top of his spine fused with lots of metal work to the bottom of his spine. Mm. And, you know, so today we got this phone call. I was in the middle of work meetings and I got this phone call. And I'm like, okay, yep. All right. So I need to cancel. Well, I probably need to cancel that training day because I probably don't feel like I'll be able to do that whilst he's in surgery and then going to intensive care so I'll be in intensive care for like two to three days and it just all trips off the tongue doesn't it like yeah. like it's just a perfectly normal conversation and I was um there's we've got a new person working at born the right time doing some comms and some marketing and stuff with us but mm. I was trying to introduce her to some of the things she said before she left today it's just been a real insight as to you're talking about this in your business one day minute and then you're talking about your other child the next and then you're getting a phone call from Great Ormond Street to tell you that actually next week where you thought you were doing this actually your child's going to be having major yeah. surgery and it's yeah. going to be in intensive care for three days and that means literally written off the next two months of your life because he's going to be on his back yeah and that is our world yep yeah that yeah. is our world For me, additionally, like, am I making the right decision? Because mm. Brecken, Brecken's having a corpus callosotomy, which is like a chop, basically split your brain in half, so to put it like bluntly. And that I, I don't even know if it's the right thing. No, we yeah. have to make those decisions for our kids, not even knowing whether it's the right thing, but kind of going on all the information we've got and going, what's the least shit option here? Yeah, well, yeah. we can, he can carry on having life-threatening seizures every day, which will eventually take his life at some point probably or we can kind of give him some sort of reprieve that may or may not work like, and be permanent and then it for I don't know if you feel this rage but like there's no explaining to Brecken and there's no explaining no. to to your child it just gets done to them yeah. and like and you're the instigator of that and so yeah. one minute they're living their best life the next minute and, and for Brecken he's had he, he broke his hip and he's just had thing after thing after thing and now I'm just gonna put him in hospital and major brain surgery four months recovery sort of situation yeah ah, you know and it's just gonna be done to him and he's just yeah. gonna be the innocent party and it's so unfair and I think that's the worst thing like having to make decisions that are not guaranteed and are not outcomes and, and are not decisions that a thousand other people have made before well that's there the thing go. our lives are in the gray aren't they our lives don't yeah. have um right and wrong decisions and that's what hold on there's that's... a visitor hello how are you good hello, hello lovely to say hello <laughs> did you just come to give me a cuddle yeah oh that's oh, nice. that is just wonderful did you have a nice swimming lesson yeah yeah did you do good swimming <gasps> do you want to tell everybody um let me put my headphones on you so you can hear them so do you want to tell everybody Hello. um did you oh, do yeah. did you do yeah. swimming what swimming did we do in half term what did we do that you got your what did you do 
We did go to centre parks, that's very true. But when we went to the swimming lesson and you did lots of swimming oh, up and down, right. what did you do? Um, I... What did you get? I did you get a badge? I reward. He did. He got a 50 metre. No. Oh, 50 metres. I know. Oh, there you go. That's it. He's gone. Good job. You can say bye. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Love you. And there we go. And there's that in the middle of the day. It's just like, oh, how do you hold those emotions, the ordinary beautifulness and the kind of enormity of it all? I remember so clearly at the beginning of all of this with B um, and making some of those decisions about radio and about surgery mm, and about, mm. and I remember sitting and I had this, this kind of overwhelming sense that, that this is what love is. <laughs> it's being able to sit and make this decision and put, put them first even though it hurts so much, you know, like kind of, and to love them, even though you know that it's really risky and even though you know that it's complicated and, and that you're likely to get hurt. So, you know, like kind of, that's what love is, isn't it? And yeah. that's what this whole, that's what we get to do. And yeah. now everyone is crying. <laughs> oh, even me. Flipping egg, if Lucy's crying. That's like getting blood out of a stone, let me tell you. <laughs> but it is, it's bravery and love, isn't it? It's like yeah. the very definition of it. And that is the bit that's the, the most tender, most painful, most, but also the most precious and the most intimate and rewarding bit. Like yeah. in the way that you can't describe to somebody who's not a parent what parenting's like, I don't think you can describe the the depths of no. of parenting someone who who is so kind of comes back to what you said lucy of they're so reliant on you you mentioned fragility sarah that that yeah. kind of there is something about that level of tangible vulnerability yeah. that makes their dependence and reliance on you to protect and to love them just so hard and utterly beautiful the relentlessness is matched with passion the relentlessness is matched with love yeah. the the challenges are matched um with absolute grit and determination to do whatever you need for your child yeah, yeah and 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 sometimes that is giving them to somebody else to do you know often i think yeah. that's giving them someone else to yeah. love and yeah. to do because that is the best thing for them but but just choosing to do that is beautiful and brutal mm. you know yeah yeah, yeah. that's 100%. glennon doyle has that brutal life she mm. talks about <laughs> brutal the brutal beauty of life and it's um i think we get to taste that more than yeah. most Would we, though, any of us like to clarify, retract or apologise <laughs> for anything that we have said in the previous 19 episodes of the podcast? I am aware that I'm kind of reversely snobbish. <laughs> <laughs> 
and you know I, it's kind of baked into me and I am trying to work on it and be better <laughs> at it but it, it's sort of part of my psyche you know not making assumptions and judgments about people because they're they're posher than I am I think probably <laughs> is that us are you referring <laughs> yeah to basically you know. she spent the whole last three months turning her nose up at us <laughs> No, you just fitted oh. that profile quite well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't got anything to apologize for. And what I've loved is the whole way through um that we have been unapologetically mm. honest with where we are. Yeah. And 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 I've given out medical advice as well. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I have yeah, you've covered all the bases. I've done all sorts. And Lucy's done anatomy. I've done yeah. I've done medication management you know it's been helpful throughout I think and so, so basically I don't know why you're listening to any other podcast quite frankly because yeah. we are like an encyclopedic <laughs> level of so information much, yeah. and wisdom humor yeah totally I really I really hope that like I think you're completely right we've been unapologetically ourselves and I really, I really hope that that gives other people, creates a culture where, you know, people listen and they're like, actually, it's all right to feel like that. Yeah. Actually, it's all right to say that. Actually, it's all right to be me and, and be flawed and be vulnerable and all those other things which come with being human um, because yeah. we live in a society that doesn't allow that very much. And yeah. it'd be really lovely to think that people felt like they could be more themselves. I would love that. And it's, yeah. I think it's also, it's just us and, you know, I'm in a shed at the bottom of my garden, Lucy's in a bedroom, Sarah's in her daughter's bedroom, we're just talking into microphones that we bought off Amazon yeah. um, on a Zoom call and clean feed, I don't know why it's clean feed because there's nothing clean that comes out of Lucy's <laughs> mouth, but the, we're just recording it and, you know, a friend edits it and it's very homespun, homegrown. We just live in complicated lives as well. And it's been, you know, I've I've been in a really tricky place. That doesn't stop us functioning. I think there's so many women in our situation who um, feel like they either have to be one or the other. They either have to be, um, I can't do anything. I can't go anywhere. I can't, you know, to, 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 to prove that it's hard or they have to have everything together and everything has to be spotless and everything has to be and it's and it's not either or we can be doing good things and hard things and struggling and that be okay and it comes back to our episode on help and recognizing you know me getting people within a business organization getting help whether that then there's also the help around my son like i can only do what i do because i have a husband that works part-time and i have you know, a team of people that care for my son, I would hate anybody to listen to this or see us and think, oh, they do so, you know, they got it all sorted. That oh, would God, be a no. disaster. No, <laughs> absolutely not. I had to two weeks ago just say to work, everything that is not absolutely essential in my diary is coming out because I need to sort this stuff yeah. um, to be ready. And I'm so lucky that mm, that I can do you that. can do that. Yeah, yeah. completely. And I've just harmed my son off to other people. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's in a residential. It's so fine. No, no. That was obviously a, a tricky decision. But um And that's yeah. it, isn't it? That's, and that's the reality as well. Not, I think that's, that's not palming because I'm doing yeah. that. I'm doing that in September. 
yeah. like palming her off no we're not we're not doing yeah. that at yeah. all we're loving them the best way we can exactly. and, yeah. and that comes in lots of different flavors and I what well, one thing I will be doing and you know if I do get the capacity and ability to do some more podcasts it will be with potentially with some other people from earlier on in their years like I don't someone mm. said to me we have people earlier on because I haven't got it quite as sorted as you <laughs> this is not sorted <laughs> thanks for thinking I might be but we're not and um, but I get what you I get I think it's we are at a certain stage and I do yeah. want to have other um stages represented so we will yeah, be completely looking to get other people at different stages of their stories yeah. um but you have to be able to banter i have to say lucy that this is the politest sacking that i have ever received oh yeah, yeah oh I you're agree. not being sacked game over Maybe. see you later Let's get some other people on. the thing is sarah right, to fine. be sacked you have to be paid <laughs> you've not <laughs> been paid a thing this whole time <laughs> oh i've done it for the love though I want to cry. I really do hope that we get to do some more of this in one way. Oh, we will. And we'll work yeah, it out. Definitely. We'll work it out. We will. Um, oh, well, guys, Sue, this had a great idea. We should, we should go on the road. <gasps> to do it as a fucking live tour. <laughs> yes, guys. <laughs> if you would like to have the Skies Wander <laughs> podcast recorded at your school, SCN school, local authority. I was thinking working or... men's club. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I was thinking like, a local what? pub. A what? I'm going, where? <laughs> School? Oh, you know, like a spoken word gig, but like yeah, art three. Surely there's a social club. Yeah, loads. Loads. Yeah, because there's such a massive market for our conversations. Yeah, there is though. I bet there would be. I bet it'll be good. Okay, we'll Let's do, do that. it. Live um, tour. Any festivals? Soon. Live tour. Yeah. <laughs> coming from a pub or a beach near you. <laughs> Ladies. Oh, thank you both for giving up hours of your time and sharing your lives with not only me but the people that are listening and um, it has it's been just a gem um, and it's been brilliant it's been brilliant thank you and both. thank you rachel because um yeah you've the, put in the most work what our yeah what our listener might not know <laughs> is that we do these for about four hours and rachel takes out all of the crap and makes them about 45 minutes so it takes a days and days and days yeah so we thank urgent. you for making us sound yeah. eloquent yeah, thank you rage oh it's been good guys love you ladies we love you, you, you too bye bye and that's a wrap well for season one is that what you're supposed to say who knows Thank you so much for coming back and joining us on the podcast each week. Season one is over, but there will be a best episode next week with some of our highlights or lowlights, depending on which way you look at it. You don't need to stop sharing the podcast, though, with your friends and your colleagues and your family, because there's lots of great episodes that you can go back and listen to. You can still email us at twupodcast at gmail.com. That's twupodcast at gmail.com. It would be wonderful wherever it is that you listen to your podcast, if you could rate, review and follow the podcast, and then you'll know exactly when we're back. It has been a real privilege talking to Sarah and Lucy each week and sharing our thoughts and lives with you all along the way. 
Thanks, Harry, for slicing and dicing the audio, for making me sound a little less like I'm in a shed. To the rest of the Born at the Right Time team, Rebecca and Becky, thanks for sharing our words and keeping us on track. I'm really excited and hopeful for the next season of the Skies Wonder podcast and what that might bring. Hopefully some more diversity, voices, topics that we all live with but don't often get mentioned. But for the moment, myself, Sarah and Lucy are stopping for a short time at least to look after our own. And we hope you and yours stay safe and connected until we meet next time. Whatever skies we're under. <laughs>